You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled to have you with me today. So today I want to talk about a friend of mine who has found a way to use a hobby for the glory of God. So I don't know what your hobbies are at home. I don't know if you like fishing or basketball or it's turkey season. I don't know if you play baseball or you're in the band or show choir, but I guarantee you that there's a way for you to take your gifts, your talents, and your desires and use them for the glory of Jesus. So we're going to explore that a little bit today with a friend of mine, Drew. Dearman. Hey, Drew. How are you? Man, I'm fantastic. It's nice to see you. Good to see you, too. So, Drew, before we talk about your hobby, I want to take a minute to introduce you to the church. So, let's just do that really quickly. So, Drew, tell us uh, just the two-minute version of who you are. You're you're important in the community in Pedal. You're a pastor in Pedal. You grew up around here. You mean a lot to us. Tell us who you are, Drew. Uh, Homegrown in Pedal. Graduated Pedal 96. Um, That's also the year that I got saved and entered the ministry. I started off as a youth pastor, uh, then uh, college, then associate. Now I'm pastoring Abundant Grace and Pedal. Um, and I've been in the ministry for 20-plus years at this point. So. You know, I, I think that I met you years and years ago when you were a youth minister. And I think my point of connection was Chase Coleman. That's correct. Chase is my cousin, and we did meet through him years ago. So, yeah. so And then let's start talking about current day. So I met you years ago through Chase. You were doing youth ministry. I think I was probably still doing youth ministry at the time. And uh, lost track of you. I didn't. I haven't seen you, gosh, Drew, in forever. And then uh, I started playing disc golf last year. Which I mean, for podcast listeners, if you're saying do what, uh, <laughs> basically you can imagine specialized frisbees that we like to call discs, and you're throwing them in baskets. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a lot like golf. It's a. It's a fun game. Anyway, I started playing this last year as a way to handle my COVID stress. Just leading during COVID was tricky for for me. And this was my out. This is just a little thing. I I did to exercise and have fun. It was COVID friendly, and I, and I was playing in my front yard. Right, right. and uh, one day I was playing in, in Hattiesburg. You guys, there's a disc golf course at Tatum. Uh, Brick and Cassidy Sager play a lot around here. Jeremy Stroh plays a lot. Patrick Culpepper plays a lot. I think on this particular day, um, Brick and Cassidy were showing me the course at Tatum, so I right. know my way around. And they said, "Oh, that's Drew Deerman." And I thought, Drew Deerman, wow. Anyway, so we got to reconnect a yep. little bit since then. We've played a little bit since then. We've talked several times. It's been very good for me. But uh, but the more we've talked about pastoring and about disc golf, um, the more I have come to recognize that God's given you quite a ministry on the disc golf course. So let's do this. Let's talk about disc golf a minute, and then let's talk about how you're using your hobby for the glory of Jesus. Okay. So let's talk about disc golf. How'd you get started playing this game, man? Uh, it's funny. I, I was an athlete growing up. My favorite sport was basketball. I just absolutely love basketball. Mine too, yeah. Um, but when I was a youth pastor back in the 90s, uh, not all the youth are basketball capable. Right. You know? And so we found that at Paul B. Johnson, there was a disc golf course. Never heard of it. Didn't know what it was. But what I did know was... They said you could give $5, rent one disc for one hour, and you could go play. And so that was before I realized how specialized it was. We would all go take one disc, play the whole course. And had fun. And had a blast. 
Um, we did that for probably one summer, and then it just kind of went on, and I never even thought about disc golf again until the mid 2010s. Yeah, you know. And by that time, I'm older. My ankles don't work anymore. <laughs> I, I, I don't have lateral movement. Basketball, all, all the basketball stuff is gone. That's right. So I needed an athletic outlet, and disc golf is it. When I yeah, again, when I first saw it, I thought that is the corniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But you go and play it, and you fall in love with it. Well, it's like any game. I mean, yeah. once you once you dial it in, it becomes a fun thing to compete in. Yeah, and and it really is. Uh, it's it's one that's surprisingly. Uh, it, enticing to people because yeah. anybody can do it. So and that's the that's the cool thing for me. One of the problems, um one of the problems that I think we run into as believers who are like born into the church, right? Yeah. I, mean, I was raised yeah. in the nursery in Sugarlock Baptist Church. And um and when God when God called me into ministry, I mean I go off to seminary and uh Man, I, I I work you know every every week at Carville. My, my workplace is the church. So when we do evangelism efforts and we start to think about you know God, who can I be reaching for mm-hmm. for your namesake? Who can I be telling about Jesus? Uh, you know, you say well, you just draw a couple of circles around yourself and you say, okay, well, who in your family needs to know about Jesus? Uh, who of your close friends need to know about Jesus? Uh, who um, who at your workplace needs to know about Jesus? Right. And then in your hobbies or your or your outlets in the community, who in your clubs or groups or hobbies need to know about Jesus? Well, you start drawing the circles around a, a preacher, and it's like, well, okay, when my family, you know, when my family hears about Jesus on a pretty consistent basis, most of my friends now are preachers and Baptist ministers and deacons and you know church members here for the most part. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the, you're that, in need of a new sphere of people. But, to but, witness dude, to, yeah. I am filled up with, and then you know, you 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 start. All right, well, what about my workplace? And there are some days when I think some of the ministers at our church need a new dose of Jesus. But for the most part, we're all saved up and down the hallway here. Right. And so pretty quickly you run out of circles and you think, gosh, I don't know enough lost people anymore. <laughs> and now granted, probably a lot of our church family you know, may say, oh, Ben, that's not where I am. But for some Christians, that's where you are. It's true, yeah. And I'm recognizing, Drew, how for you, the hobby of disc golf has really radically changed that in your life. Well, one of the things that I, I think about witnessing, um, and I'm going to oversimplify this by breaking it into two ways to witness. Yeah, okay. I think there is, and again, oversimplify, there's there's one way where we witness with intent. We go out the door with a purpose to go find someone to share the gospel yeah, with. front porch evangelism. Exactly. Yeah, and we still do that here. <clears throat> but and, and that's good, and it's necessary, and we right. all need to be a part of that. But, but there's another kind that is you witness as you go yep. in your life. You know, and uh, when you find something like this, a hobby that puts you around a lot of people, as a believer, it's our responsibility to view that as an opportunity to witness as we go. And so that's what disc golf is. And uh, if if you get into it, if you know anybody in it, one thing you'll find out is even though there's a whole lot of unbelievers, the disc golf community is a very open and welcoming community. Like they they'll welcome anybody in and talk to you and everything, and so it really makes it easy for someone who might be hesitant to go and talk to people. I mean, you start playing disc golf and and they're going to come talk to you. They're yeah. going to open the door for you. Oh, and it's such a great group of people. I mean, they they yeah, want to be outside. They're people. having fun. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, they're they're friendly. Yeah. Easy to engage. They, I mean, really, they 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 do this because they want to get out and enjoy it. And, and so all, they're always in a good mood. And what I see, you know, I, I don't get to play a lot, and I certainly don't get to play public courses a lot. You know, I mean, I get to pull, I'll throw behind the church or at my house if I have a few minutes some days. Yeah. 
But what I see when I'm out, like when I'm in, on the public courses at, at Tatum or wherever, um, and you frequent those, but when I'm when I'm out there, I mean, all walks of life, you know, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all ages, yeah. all economic spectrum, and all re- and really um, just diversity and belief. Some strong and wonderful believers on the disc golf course, yeah, very encouraging, absolutely, system, and some great opportunities to encourage people in Jesus on the disc golf course. Yeah, and and it's it's really been beneficial to me because I've been able to do it on two different types of platforms. Yeah, um, you know, when I first started getting into disc golf, I didn't know a whole lot of people, but they quickly found out that I was a pastor. And so one of the first tournaments that I played in, Michael Munn was, yeah. was hosting, which Michael I know you know Michael. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew, love I knew Michael. Love Michael. Michael came from Carterville. Um, but because he knew that I was a pastor, he had me come up and, and open in prayer and kind of just say a little bit. And so gave me like a platform to yeah. actually get up and talk. You became like the chaplain um, of the... I, I kind of did. You did. Yeah, I you really are. did. Uh, but then there's also uh, the the one that I really prefer is you get to know people, you develop relationships, and then when you're out there and it's just you and one or two other people uh, playing, you can open up these conversations, you can ask questions, and then you can begin to uh, delve into issues in their lives, and you can point to the Word of God, the Bible, uh, as the answer to that, and it ultimately comes back to the big issue of salvation. Yeah. Um, and so I've had many opportunities to have conversations while we're throwing disc out on the disc golf course. Um, I've I've seen uh, three different disc golfers that I've led to Christ. Uh, uh, Two of them started coming to church with us. One of them uh, actually lives in Nebraska now, so he doesn't come to church. But but he when he's he's in the National Guard, when he comes back, he visits, um, you know, and then there's several others that I consider right now projects that yeah. that every time I get with them, we're talking and, You're able and, to and everything, and, and so I'm I'm looking at them as uh, not potential fruit, but eventual fruit. Yeah, you know, and so that's that's the well, the way and, it goes. and and I feel like our responsibility as believers is to represent the Lord well on the earth. And man, you're getting to do that. You're getting to let yeah. people see God's grace and God's wisdom, God's love, God's strength on a daily basis. I'm proud of you for that. I appreciate. it. Hey, I wonder as a pastor and as a guy who's seen a hobby turn into a ministry. Uh, what advice would you have for people around the Pine Belt who might listen to this podcast? People from Carterville or Abundant Grace or anywhere where we're we're looking up, saying, "All right, you know, I I sing in the show choir, or I am a I'm a diehard bass fisherman, or you know, I've got this hobby. Well, what do I do to use this hobby for the glory of Jesus?" Okay, uh, I. Right off the top of my head, I would say three things. Okay, great. Okay, number one is you have to be in the Word of God daily. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, opportunities you have if you're not prepared yourself. You've got to be studying the Word of God and you've got to be ready. Uh, Number two, it's surprising how many believers don't know how to present the gospel. So you need to make sure that you know how to present the gospel. That you can have a gospel conversation. And that, I mean, that's what we call it at Carterville, that you'd be able to have a gospel conversation. Absolutely. If you can't do that, it doesn't matter how great an opportunity you have if you don't know what to say. Right? Uh, so with those two out of the way, then we come to the third one, uh, dealing with the hobby, and that is uh, realize that you are a representative of God in everything you do, whether right you want to be or not. Yep. And so as you go out, whatever you do, whether it's disc golf or or ball golf or fisherman, you're representing God 
yeah. whether you're intentionally doing it or not. So here's a here's a weird idea that I have, Drew. It's like I almost observe this maturing process for us. I remember, okay, I'm just going to make some sense out of this in a silly way. I was a deer hunter. like mm-hmm. I, I haven't gotten to hunt much as a pastor and a dad and in this season of my life. But growing up, man, I loved I love hunting. I love the woods. I love to be outside. I remember taking my hunter's education course in the community building in Sugarlock, Mississippi. Gosh, when I was a little kid. I mean, we're probably talking not quite 40 years ago, but getting close. Right? <laughs> and... Um, and I remember them talking about like the seasons that a deer hunter might experience where like in the beginning you just want to kill anything. I yep. mean if it's brown, it's down. Oh, there's a, how many did you kill a deer? You know, that's yeah, the whole thing, right. right? I know it sounds a little gross on the podcast, but that was it. And then you might go through this trophy season where it's like, Oh, I just want to kill the biggest deer and if my deer was bigger than your deer, you know, and 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 then there's a season where it's, you know, gonna be like, How challenging can you make it? You know, this is you know, I'm a bow hunter only. Right. Or, or then it's like no, primitive I, weapon that's only. Right. Yeah, I made this bow with my own hands, you know, or whatever. And you go through all these seasons, right. right? And and so I want to throw this out to us. Like, I, I wonder if there's a next season where you look up and you smile and you say, "Now I want to teach other people to do this," or the people, you know, I want to reinvest. Well, what if we go through those kinds of seasons? Like when you disc golf, when you first start playing, that you just want to win. You yeah. just want to get better every day. You don't have time for people. You got to dial what is a backhand, what is a forehand, right? And then once you kind of dial that in, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to win a tournament or whatever. But I wonder if you can mature to the point where you say, no, 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 the sport is for fun. The people are what matter. Absolutely. And then translate that to show choir. Translate that to bass fishermen, where it's not like I've got to hide the honey hole and I've got to come home with the eight-pounder. Yeah. But rather, I would I would give up the eight-pounder and the honey hole to have the opportunity to see somebody's life changed in the other end of that boat. Absolutely. So, so that the hobby is no longer... The focus. It's the fun thing. It's the outlet. Hey, man, a good day fishing is better than a bad day. Oh, no, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work, right? Right, exactly. So you're still going to do your hobby, but, but, but you've matured to this point where it's not all about did you kill a turkey? You know, yeah. did you get? Did, did you sing on the front line of show choir? Did you, you know, did you kill it today on the baseball field? But rather, it's like, did you get to use your gifts and talents? For the glory of Jesus, right? And I would say in competitive sports, like if you're a baseball player, you know, I would kind of, you know, I would use like a Tim Tebow or somebody like that as your example. That you still got to be good at it. You still got to hit the weight room. You still got to be disciplined. You still got to put in your reps. You got to be great to leverage it on a big scale for the glory of Jesus. But I, but I just see this maturing where the people become more important, where the glory of God becomes more important. And, and that's that's what it's supposed to be for us because we understand that all men, believers, unbelievers alike, are creating God's image. And so they should be important to us. Yeah. In, in anything that we do, we should care about people. Yeah. You know, and so especially in your hobby, disc golf, fishing, hunting, gymnastics, you know, soccer, whatever it is, people matter. And to use fishing for example, that, that's most commonly the example or the analogy that I use as far as witnessing goes, I look at it as I'm fishing. And so when I'm out there, uh, I will throw a couple of casts and I will throw the bait out there and see if someone hits. Yeah. And if they, if they don't hit, I'll throw it a few more times, a few more times. If they don't, that's fine, but I'm at least putting the bait out there. But when they do hit, that's when disc golf takes a back seat. And the focus becomes reeling the fish in. That's right. You know, and that that's the way I approach it with with disc golf and the hobby is there are times where I go out there and I realize nobody's biting anything. They're not they're not in the right mindset. 
And so, okay, we'll have fun playing disc golf. But there are other days where disc golf absolutely is eclipsed by the opportunity yeah. to pour into someone, to share the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ with someone, and to see the results. Well, hey, Drew, I want to thank you for uh, making time to, to do this podcast. And I want to thank you for your ministry, just for Jesus' glory in our community, on disc golf courses, around the street corner, and in your church. Thanks for what you do. And I want to encourage our podcast listeners today um, I want to encourage you to use your hobbies for the glory of God. Find a way to make this circle of influence and this circle of friends not just about success or exercise or fun, but let's make it about the glory of Jesus Christ. We're recording this during spring break. It's a great time to be talking about hobbies. We're recording this just a couple of weeks before Easter. It's a great time to talk about evangelism. Absolutely. Drew, thanks for being with us. Thank you.